Kifa. Okay, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined by my co-host, as always, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Good. <sighs> um, so, I guess let's get into it, because today was another eventful day. <laughs> another great week. Yeah. Um, so... We've had a lot of discussions in the last, like, three weeks or so about uh, how spineless the Democrats are and how they're caving on the uh, promise to hold out for the Dreamers and, you know, yada, yada. We've been talking about it ad nauseum. Everyone knows about it at this point. Um, So, as we suspected, they totally rolled over and uh, showed their belly today because they (laughs) signed off. Or, well, last night, I guess, in the middle of the night uh, while we were all sleeping but, the, but yeah, much fanfare at first because you know Pelosi spent what was it seven hours in heels oh, she on stood the floor eight, eight hours in heels and filibustered you know, yeah reading all of this shit for, for what for what at because a bunch of morons on Twitter who I saw today were like oh maybe you missed the part where Nancy Pelosi was standing for eight hours fighting for the drink oh my god this is why this party. <laughs> Is, is in the fucking shape it's in because oh, idiots are <laughs> so gullible that they actually bought that as something other than fucking Grand political yeah. political kabuki theater is all it was. I mean, that's like really all it was. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, they caved. Uh, the, the Senate uh, voted uh, something like 71 to 28 uh, in favor of passing a two-year budget resolution with no protections for dreamers, you know. Not basically nothing that the Democrats asked for, although that was literally the one thing they asked for. Because again, they're super they good negotiators. Got some money for rural internet that they were probably going to get anyway. So yeah, uh, well, they got a bunch of shit that was bipartisan and that was no brainer that they were going to get anyway before the initial shutdown. So it's right. like they literally just you know the only modicum of um, political leverage they had, they just you know pissed it down the toilet. Um. The funny thing to me, though, is so Pelosi in the House was was like make I actually for a second. I thought she was actually going to stand up and she was like, well, you know, we're we're not going to support a deal without protection for the dreamers. You know, the Senate can do what they want, but uh, we're going to, you know, stand stand fast on this. So I, I figured, huh. All right. Well, I guess we'll I'll believe it when I see it. Um, you know, I figured maybe she would uh, tell the caucus, you know, hey we're not going to vote yes on this, like hold the line. I read some speculation on that, that they're saying basically like she's lost control of the caucus altogether, that she doesn't have sway anymore or that, and, and, you know, there was speculation over whether she even tried, um, you know, that was the other piece of it. Like, well, (laughs) so I have this from the New York times article on this today. Um, on Thursday, uh, Mrs. Pel- uh, Ms. Pelosi herself displayed the conflicting pressures on Democrats. Uh, she simultaneously hailed the budget deal while proclaiming she would vote against it. Um, 
So she held the budget deal while proclaiming she would vote against it. Uh, in a letter to colleagues, she explained her opposition to the deal, but also nodded to its virtues and held back against pressuring other Democrats to vote against it. You know, like a good leader does. Uh, I'm pleased this is with a the bad pro- deal, wink, wink. <laughs> I'm pleased with the product, she told reporters. I'm not pleased with the process. What the fuck does that mean? It's more fucking word salad out of this fucking pathetic, you know, bordering on demented fucking lunatic that they have leading the House Democrats. It's like she's worthless. Like, what is she there for? And how can you be pleased with the product when you got literally nothing that you asked for? (sighs) Seriously, what, what are you pleased with? The donors probably like it. That's what she's pleased with. And she, you know, it raises the most money. Like, she always loves to fucking, you know, brag about. Yeah, it was so frustrating. You know, go Nancy, go, you know, trending on Twitter. And, and I had a glimmer of hope for a moment. Like, okay, maybe maybe this is their moment. Maybe they're Even if it wasn't it. for the right reason, maybe yeah. they would just do it, you know? Maybe they'll do it. And the one person who had more cojones than the entire fucking Democratic Party Combined, Rand Paul. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Um, I don't know. Maybe his, his fucking neighbor beat some uh, courage into him last time. They, <laughs> last time they had their uh, hedge clipping dispute. But yeah, no. Look, I mean, Rand Paul. I think on some issues where he doesn't get a lot of money from donors, has principles, and like some of which I agree with. You know, he's pretty pro legalization of marijuana. He's very anti interventionist. Um, I, I suspect that. You know, whether it's because he doesn't get money from those people or he doesn't get money from those people because of his positions, I don't know. Um, He's, you know, he's not good in general. I mean, he did vote for the tax bill, you know, which added $1.5 trillion to the deficit. So now his... Well, that's the hypocrisy of this. You you want to talk about, you know, the the budget and spending and all this. So he he wasn't against that, but what he was against was the spending in this bill. So basically he just wanted to cut more. Well, so... it's an interesting thing because they, I think people are saying that, and I think it's kind of true, but it's not right. I think it's conflating two different things. He's against, uh, further spending. He's not against necessarily paying off the deficit, which we've already accrued. Like, I I think it's pro it's pretty hypocritical to not care about the deficit, but I don't think what he's complaining about is the deficit here necessarily as much as the extra spending on top of, what we are already spending. They are two different things. So I mean, I, it, it, it's splitting spending? hairs. Yeah, extra spending is defined in the things that I don't want to spend money on. That's extra spending. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> uh, well, and you know, so, I mean, he held it up. I think ultimately ended up, you know, he couldn't hold it up forever. So it ended up getting through anyway, but, um, I give him credit though, because I mean, no, even sure. if it was, you know, even if it was six hours or three hours or whatever it was, you know, the Democrats didn't even have that much courage. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one could even fucking do that. Jesus down. Christ. So, um, I, I do, I would, I do want to read out the uh, Dreamer, uh, the uh, excuse me, the Democrats who uh, sold out the Dreamers. Uh, Common Dreams actually had an article about it. Uh, here are the Democrats, 36 senators uh, and 73 in the House who just voted against the Dreamers. And again, this bill could not have passed without the Democrats because you need a supermajority to pass this bill. Um, I won't read out all the House because there's a million of them, but I'll read out the senators because most people know who they are. And uh, they're pretty much the usual suspects, the people you would you, you would imagine. Um, 
Baldwin, uh, Blumenthal, Brown, Sherrod Brown. That's Haskell. actually surprising. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, Sherrod Brown's actually surprising. I mean, he's gotten really shitty lately. He used to mm. pretend to be a progressive. Uh, ben Cardin, Tom Carper, Bob Casey, Coons, Cortez Masto. Uh, really helping out fellow Hispanics, or her fellow Hispanics, rather. Uh, Joe Donnelly, Tammy Duckworth, Dick Dur- Dirty Dick Durbin, uh, Hassan, Peters, Reed, Schatz, Schumer. Oh, Mr. Leader of the fucking Senate. Uh, Shaheen Smith. Oh, Tina Smith, uh, Democrat appointed uh, to Al Franken's seat. Voted no. Uh, Debbie Stabenow, Tester, Udall, Van Hollen, Mark Warner, who's horrible, Sheldon Whitehouse, Heinrich, Heidi Heidkamp, who's fucking awful, Doug Jones, Doug Jones, totally just fucking selling at his base once again. Voted with Trump almost 100% of the time since he's gotten into the Senate. Uh, Yo Soy Tim Kaine voted against, <laughs> <laughs> voted to, voted against it, or voted yes for it, right, for the budget, rather. Uh, Steve, or not Steve King, uh, Angus King, Klobuchar, Leahy, Mr. Joe Manchin, McCaskill, Menendez, Murphy, Murray, and Nelson. Okay, so you know how the resistance is big on, I don't know if you've seen lately, how they've been, like, uh, putting messages to Trump on different Trump buildings and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want somebody to make a list of these fucking traitor Democrats and put a list up somewhere. They should. <laughs> Do fucking something. Hell. Because it, it's it's ridiculous. They've, they've sold everyone out again. Just it, well, I, you know the, the the thing that I actually really like that a lot of dreamers uh, call them is the deportation caucus. <laughs> so they should just go and like you know br- uh, use the projection to project uh, part of the deportation caucus onto each one of their uh, their home offices. You know, their their let's make that happen. Their, uh, let's do that. I don't know. Yeah, who we call should. It. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who makes those things, but we we, we should look into that. Um, yeah, it's you know, probably just... the same people that we'd want to project on <laughs> the resistance people. <laughs> oh, Joe Keating voted, uh, also for this budget bill without protection for the dreamers. Bill Keating or Joe Kennedy? Yeah. Which, no, Keating, Keating. Oh, Keating, Brett Keating, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I just I, I, I almost don't have anything to say anymore about these assholes. <laughs> like, I really don't. I mean, we. We're they're out not of words. <laughs> they're not working for the for us. They're not working for the people. Like they're just not. Like they don't give a fuck. They just have no problem using black and brown people uh when it comes time to vote and then fucking wagging their finger at them when they don't turn out enough. Uh and every time they do turn out like they did in Alabama to, you know, narrowly elect Doug Jones uh by a point and a half over a fucking pedophile. Um what do they get for it? They get kicked in the nuts. Like, why would they come? Why would you turn out again if you went out of your way to vote for the first time in Alabama last last year or, you know, a couple last November? If you went out of your fucking way to go vote for Doug Jones and you've never voted before, be like, oh, my God, uh, the, you know, uh, what's this? Roy Moore is fucking horrible. I can't let this guy represent us in the Senate. I'm going to go out and vote. Uh, this guy saying he's gonna he's gonna work for us. He's he helped you know prosecute the Klan. He was a civil rights lawyer. He's gonna be great, and he's gotten into Congress and he's voted with Trump a hundred percent of the time. Or I think he once voted against one of Trump's things. He he broke his his streak, uh, but he's voted with Trump all but one of his of his votes since he's gotten to the Senate. Why the fuck would you go out to vote ever again? Like it, it, really? Like I don't. 
They're well, overplaying their hand. We know they fucking serve their donors, but they're overplaying their fucking hand. Like, they don't understand how shitty they've gotten and that nobody wants to fucking vote for them. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, my question is how much influence is the, how much influence the Dems even have anymore? So if they ended December, three million in debt. Right. And so they're they're in debt everywhere. They can't even really put money into races. The only thing that they really have left going for them is some of the infrastructure and the voting data, which is what they're withholding from progressives in a lot of these races. But other than that, I mean, the way I see it is Bernie and other progressives are building these outside organizations. They're completely surpassing the party and the party is borderline irrelevant now. And their only only last shot is potentially if there's a big blue wave just, you know, from reaction to Trump. But even that is well, waning. They pissed that away. They've already it's pissed waning. that away. Yeah, that's what the statistics are showing. As of, I think, last November, October, they were plus 15 in a general polling, congressional polling. Um, Democrats against Republicans when people were polled like, oh, who do you support in the midterms? They were plus 15. They pulled them recently after their cave-in on the Dreamers, plus two. So they've totally fucking pissed away their lead. It's it's once again to the margin of error. So there's a well, chance they don't pick up a single fucking a net single seat. They'll win seats, is. but they'll lose seats. And because they, they, there's things like uh, there was a story where you know Trump is lowering the cost of prescriptions for seniors. <laughs> like, which is probably not really, but they, it, it's, it, they can sell it like that, and then it's you'll look into percentage. it and be like, yeah. Yeah, it's a small percentage, you know, but but they'll do those little kinds of things to, to, again, make their people, make their fans go, oh, look, he's doing what he said, you know, and so. Well, I got another $5 in my paycheck uh, since, <laughs> since his tax cut went into effect, so. To- totally worth all the lack of the lack of money that's going into to fund essential services at the government, you know. Definitely. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Fucking hell. I, but, you know, I, but again, I can't blame people for not wanting to fucking go out and support the Democrats because what does it fucking get you? What the fuck does it get you? Look at what they do. I mean, they just they're pathetic. They're absolutely pathetic. It's so difficult. And I, I asked this question on Facebook and on um, Twitter yesterday and today, you know, so what is our obligation as progressives to support the most progressive person in any race? Is there an obligation? Um, what does that look like? Because there are progressives that I that I very much agree with in terms of their issues. You know, I, I like them as people. I might know them, um, but but you look at things like their fundraising, or you look at their ground game, or their networking, or whatever, and you go, there there isn't any. Um, you know, like they have zero chance, and yet they're the one. You know that that on all the issues, they're right. What do we do in those situations? And and so there was some dialogue on it and. People have differing thoughts about it, but I think in these primaries, a lot of people are really in a rock and a hard place because at the end of the day, you know that you want someone strong enough to beat the GOP and you know that the GOP, their candidates have tons of money and if they don't have money now, they'll have money if they need it, like they move it around. And so I hate that the money is a factor for our candidates, but it really is. And it's just like, my God, every person listening to this, give a few bucks to somebody, $3, anything. Um, Look locally. Go, you know, give to your local progressive. There, only, there's bound to be one running near you. Only three percent of voters actually donate, um, wow. and, and we need to really increase that if we want our voices to matter. Yeah. I actually really like uh, Rokana's new proposal. Did, did you see that bill he put up, the democracy dollars bill? Mm-mm. 
it's a concept that's been kicked around for a long time, but I think he's reviving it where basically people get 50 democracy. If this bill were to pass into law, every American citizen of voting age gets $50 uh, to contribute to the campaign or campaigns of their choosing. Um, and, and he has a lot of interesting charts on this about how if every American that voted in the last election had 50 democracy dollars to give to a candidate, they would have outspent all the special interest money that was put into the election. It, it's an interesting idea. I mean, it is. I mean, I see flaws in it because it, I sort of think about some of the propositions that, um, you know, are voter initiatives in different places and what they wind up doing. Special interests is they have a marketing campaign before the before the actual campaign. So they'll be, you know, marketing to these voters to put their democracy dollars towards their candidate before the, they're even starting. So I don't sure. know. I mean, I mean I, I, we just have to limit the money is the bottom line. Yeah, we, we you know, I mean, that's the ultimate. Have, yeah. Yeah. To have people, um, you know, have something to be able to contribute. But beyond that, it, there's we'll never be able to match what these corporations will spend because they get back five or six times or 10 times the amount, whatever they put in in lobbying, they get back in tax cuts and other breaks. So. Yeah, no, this is what they spend is a pittance compared to what they reap as a reward for funding these, for buying these politicians. Um, But, but I, I I do like that. He's trying. So he, he really is like the Democrats idea, man. Like nobody is like, (laughs) Nobody else really is. I mean, you know, Bernie is Bernie, like the amendment yeah. king, but Ro Khanna is like really pushing and, and Tulsi to an extent. She, I think she was the one who came up with the off act, you yep. know, the fossil fuels. So th- there's there's some, you know, good rising stars in the Democratic Party who are, you know, constantly stifled and not Yeah. Um Oh, you know who else voted against uh, or voted f- to, you know, pass the budget without uh, protections is Beto O'Rourke, who <laughs> everyone is fooled into thinking is a fucking progressive. Um, right. But he has, I mean, he's had a very sketchy past. I mean, he w- didn't sign on to H.R. 676, the Medicare for All bill. Um, he talked about uh, passing a conscription bill. I mean, what the fuck? I'm so to like, torn to, on him. I really am. Like, okay, I heard he was in a punk band, and I'm like, okay, yeah, well, yeah. That's so you think he'd be right? awesome, like. Yeah, but then you know, you you look at you know the, the financials there, and you know some of the ways that he's voted more centrist, and uh, he's an iron stash. They're they're pushing yeah. the image with him. I mean, uh, would uh, I rather have him than than Ted Cruz? Yeah, sure. But uh, really, but Sima Hernandez I'd rather is in have, that race. Yeah. Sima Hernandez in that race. She's awesome, you know, but, you know, it's the same sort of deal. You know, she's she's great on the issue. She's very likable. Fundraising is a challenge. People need to step up. Um, and she's getting there. But, you know, she's she's, you know, for for a statewide race of Texas, it's an insurmountable mountain. She's got the same problem that Kathy Myers has it, yeah. it, when the Democratic establishment uh, finds like an astroturf candidate that they're going to pretend is progressive. <laughs> they fucking just fling money at that person, and it's nearly impossible to even get your fucking name out there, let alone to make up any ground. So there it's are like... a couple of races that they've gone all in on, and yeah, Randy Bryce is one of them. And and what's worse <laughs> yeah. with Randy Bryce, Iron Stash, is that he's also got these progressive organizations and I don't know what the, you know, justice Democrats and endorsing him. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. I just, I, I don't know who is cracking the whip that's getting all of that shit to happen, but 
there are some of us out here. I'm in Wisconsin. You know, lots of us here aren't fooled by it. I've heard people on the Republican side, on the Independent side, Dems, all all feeling very skeptical about him. And you know what? He won't even debate Kathy Myers. He won't debate her because he's an idiot. I'm sorry. Have you listened he, to the guy no, for a while? He, he, he's kind of, he, he strikes me as a huge asshole every time I hear him speak, which is, you know, a value judgment, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but also he's doing the Hillary Clinton thing where he is the anointed one. So he doesn't think he needs to debate anyone. He doesn't need to earn anyone's votes. They're going to count on the fact that they came up with these slick, uh, you know, nice, like heart wrenching commercials. And they think that that's going to fucking beat a shithead like Paul Ryan, who they don't even, you know, it doesn't even occur to them has unlimited fucking funding. The Republicans are not going to let him go down without a fight. No. And it's just, oh God, it's just fucking horrible. If you had someone like Kathy Myers and the party got behind her, she's fucking awesome. You hear her talk like she's inspiring. She has all the right policy positions. She's super uh, smart, articulate, all of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, doesn't fucking hide like a little bitch from her primary <laughs> challenger. Right. Um, so, and it, but it's like the, and course, I've had Twitter spats with him before. He yeah, gets I, really I, pissed I, off. I remember. Yeah, no. <laughs> I hopped in one of those. He's such a little bitch. Like, he really is. I'm sorry. It's really funny. Um, You know, and and we'll get to some other little bitches uh, from another podcast (laughs) later, but um, (laughs) who also got really pissy uh, on Twitter the other day because people were, uh, they broke out the how dare you, you know, like that that sort of. The indignation. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, which which is just sweet. I wish I could like bottle that. <laughs> um, but so yeah, um, Democrats caved on that uh, as we suspected. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, United States of Care, but you know, actually, let's save let's save that uh, till the end because I, I also want to talk about uh, the Super Bowl a little bit. Um, mm. Did you you didn't you didn't watch the actual game, right? No, I didn't even watch the Puppy Bowl. That's my usual. <laughs> oh my god, come on. I know. Mr. Wigglesworth was like the fucking MVP. He was like the best. The only thing that's good about the Super Bowl is guacamole. That's it. So, <laughs> if I don't have snacks, I'm out. <laughs> oh no, it's a great it's an awesome excuse to eat horrible food, yes. uh, which which I did in, you know, in abundance on Sunday. <laughs> um, but it also happened to be maybe the best Super Bowl game of all time, which was pretty cool. Um, it was like right down to the end. Well, and I grew up in Pennsylvania. So a lot of people that I went to high school with, you know, were just, I mean, like lifetime fans, their kids singing the songs and tears. And I mean, just going (laughs) bananas. I, you know, I, I never really cared about sports or the team or anything, but I was happy for them that, you know, I mean, the underdog for so long and everybody written them off. And did you see the speech that one of those guys gave? Which one? I don't know what his name was. One of the players, he was like wearing some costume. I guess it was where they got the trophy. And he, oh, Chris Long, yeah. Yeah. Was, he's actually a super lefty. He's he's really cool. He 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 had like a really good answer as to why he refused to go to the White House to meet uh, the president. Yeah. Uh, and people were like, "Oh, aren't you being like a little snowflake? You don't want to debate him?" And he's like, "Look, I have nothing to say to him. Like, what am I going to say to somebody that?" Uh, thinks there were good people uh, on the Nazi side in Charlottesville. Like I, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna ask him, what did you mean by that? But I don't need to do that because I already know the answer. Like he, yeah. he, he said something like that. That and how really would I look at my kid and answer? You know, yeah. You know why? Why did I do that? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I forget who he donated. He donated his entire year's salary to a youth uh, 
organization. He, he's very supportive of Kaepernick. He did a, uh, I believe he did a fist. He didn't do the kneeling, but he did like a fist during the uh, anthem. He's only one of the only white players to do it too. So, you know, kudos to him for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of white people, though, uh, did did any of your friends that you saw on Facebook participate in the uh, white privilege riots that took place <laughs> right after the uh, Super Bowl? If they did, I didn't really hear about it. Maybe they were too Holy drunk. Holy shit! <laughs> there were like, but I mean, it was riots. Like, I if it had been people of color, and I said this on Facebook, had it been people of color, oh, they wouldn't fucking. It would have been. I mean, riot gear and. You know, yeah, crazy. Ferguson. Because, it would have been Ferguson. We saw it. We've seen it. It absolutely would have been because you could hear, you know, they were talking about some of the comments, you know, they, um, police are saying like, you know, there's, there's like thousands of them and they're coming and you know, it's like, they're starting to freak out. Oh, they're, they're tipping over cars and you can hear this, but you can hear it. And at the same time, I'm thinking, but if you were talking about people of color, you're panicked, but the panic in your voice would not be fucking panic. It would be, it would be know, glee. <laughs> it would be a whole other universe of, you know, horrors well, brought out. Well, um, I, I, I suspect that a lot of them would be, way. yeah, it would be fucking glee because a lot of these cops are fucking maniacs who love to crack people's skulls, especially uh, black people. Like we saw in Ferguson. I mean, yeah. if, if, if that was the situation, um, you know, and it was like the the St. Louis Rams had won, and 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 people were rioting in Ferguson. They oh, would yeah. have been fucking rolling out the tanks again, yeah. and tear gassing them, shooting them with rubber bullets. I mean, I guess the only other you know logical explanation is that a lot of the cops are Eagles fans too, and so they're just like, yeah, go ahead, knock over the car. What the fuck? You yeah, know? but I, but I totally agree with everyone who said that that was such a white privilege riot because like that would never happen in a black city. If well, that was yeah, Atlanta, at, like people would be fucking cracking skulls. You look at the pictures of the crowd. Yeah, that was that, that was almost all. White. And, and, and look, I don't condone rioting. I think it's kind of stupid, but I mean, I'm also not going to say like you know. I, I don't understand it. Like. Woohoo! I, I don't team Let's flip over a car. Like, who does that? In what universe does that thought even cross your mind? See, yeah, that's the thing. It, well, <laughs> but it's not even that. It's like that they all they all leave the game and the bars at the same time. It's all you know in one little. Well, so in Philly because the game wasn't in Philly, it was in Minnesota. They all left the bars after they won, and they're so euphoric and fucking hammered that they needed to <laughs> climb get their angsty and... white rage out somehow. So they decided to. Fucking clam, climb uh, lamp poles like you know capuchin monkeys and fucking set shake things on fire. Set things on fire, flip cars. So like, I, and then you know. the looting started, which of course you know again, it had it been you know people of color would have been an entire. Oh, it would have been narrative. all over Fox News. Oh, look at these black people looting, taking yeah. advantage of. We've seen it a million fucking times that they do that shit. It, that Fox News does that shit. Mm-hmm. So you know. Yeah, it, it, that that was that put a sour taste in my mouth. But I, I was glad to see the Eagles win because fuck Tom Brady and fuck the Patriots because uh, Trump is a Patriots fan and really good friends with the owner, good friends with Brady. So they're, they're most certainly uh, more of Trump's team yeah, than anyone were, else's they team. They were joking that Brady was feeling very deflated. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's yeah. a joke even I get. <laughs> I mean, fuck that guy. Seriously, he's the worst. Ugh. Every time he got sacked, I was fine. Just which Is was he not like a, a lot. Cheater of... on his wife too. That's what people were saying. He's like a cheater in the game uh, and in life. I don't know. Well, he's certainly a cheater in the game. I don't. I don't know if he cheats on his wife. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked, but I won't. I won't make yeah. that claim or anything. Um, 
He's a fucking asshole. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and I hate his guts. And can't wait till he retires because um, he's really good also. Is <laughs> but, he getting old? Yeah, he's like 40. He, oh. he, he, it, it, he needs to step aside like yeah. after that. But he's probably going to come back for another season because there's pride. Um, yeah. But it doesn't matter because the Jets are going to be good this year, I think. <laughs> uh, speaking of riots, we'll fucking tear the city down if the Jets finally win a Super Bowl. They haven't won a Super Bowl <laughs> since Super Bowl three. But the Eagles um, never won one ever, right? No. Well, so, so there's only been 50 Super Bowls. So, I mean, it, it's almost the same amount of time. Although, yeah. I guess the Jets technically have won one, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was before, I think, the Super Bowl was even... Before they were even an NFL team, they were still an AFL team. So, it's like a million, bajillion years ago. Um, but, so, the reason I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl, for real, though, is the commercials. Um <laughs> There were some funny ones, like Tide had a really funny ad with uh, with Hopper from Stranger Things. Like, mm-hmm. he would just pop up in the background of, like, ads that looked like other ads, and he'd be like, oh, no, this is a Tide ad. And, like, the, you know, it, the, so that shit was funny. Um, but Nothing about the, Tide Pods, though, I'm sure. No, no, no. I, <laughs> well, someone said that to me. They're like, why are they advertising for Tide? This is, like, a weird time to be advertising. <laughs> So there's apparently discussion of legislation to make them look oh, less God, tasty. Fucking, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's a New York State Senate thing. Yeah, the, the <laughs> shitty fucking fake Dems in New York would rather worry about people eating fucking Tide Pods than the fact that they have let the Republicans take over the fucking legislature <laughs> because of a bunch of shitty Democrats that caucus with them. God, I, I have no use for that that piss-poor excuse for a democracy up in Albany. Well, it's like this. I mean, so are there parents that don't watch their kids and their kids get into this shit and probably look don't at it Don't eat detergent. Like, what but, the fuck? But that's the thing. Watch your damn kids. Watch your damn, you know, child, lock, whatever you need to do, you know, put the Tide Pods up high. Yeah, but this isn't, this isn't Actually, even like you know little what? kids. This is like idiot teenagers, like doing things for Insta, right. you know, yeah, follows. So. YouTube, yeah. Insanity. They can go buy their own Tide Pods, Tide Pods if they wanted to. Just don't be a fucking idiot. Don't eat a fucking little piece of laundry detergent. It's not gonna be good for you well, like you know, I promise. the other part is who can afford tide <laughs> that's true that's for rich people <laughs> well yeah that's the you, you typically see like a bunch of you know suburban upper middle class kids like yeah. in those videos you don't see <laughs> ain't nobody got time when you gotta work 40 hours a week to be eating fucking tide pods for you know insta hits or some shit <laughs> stupidity darwin um, awards <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, somebody was like, guys, seriously, stop, stop trying to stop natural selection. Like, just let this play out. <laughs> um, Can't say no, I disagree. So, so the big controversy uh, from mm. the Super Bowl ads was the inexplicable. I, I literally almost spit my drink out when I saw this ad because it immediately struck me how fucked up this ad was. So Dodge, you know, all the car companies try to run really like inspiring, like, you know. Well, it's they're driving on a mountaintop, and Matthew McConaughey's in the car, and he's talking to the cat. The, that sort of garbage, which is fine. It's inoffensive. It's whatever. And they're um, all trying to connect with millennials on social causes, and you know, try to you know the, the whole idea of conscious capitalism is a thing right now. You know, companies are trying to improve their image, and you know, yeah, put out yeah, things yeah. like they're being green and this, that, and the other. Yeah, we are all the same, just general, generic, you know, yeah. tolerance messages, which is fine. I'm, I'd rather them do that than put out the opposite, but we all know it's bullshit. It's just right. for you know corporate PR. 
So Dodge got the fucking idea in their heads, and I apparently didn't have any black people in the room uh, when 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 they came or, up with it, or any people at all, like, or any or any humans who weren't fucking executives. Apparently, like nobody in the making of this commercial was like, "Hey guys, this is a really fucking <laughs> stupid idea." Um, so the 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 geniuses over at Dodge put a uh, Dodge ad uh, with a speech. Uh, like w- with the voiceover of a speech from Martin Luther King. Um, but like his voice and it was, they, they, of course, you know, the typical whitewashing that the Republicans and the Democrats do of Martin Luther King, they pick generic inspiring quotes about how we are all one and come together and we could all achieve like just, Serving, they cherry, yeah, they whole- cherry, they cherry pick the most fucking generic shit. And which is not to say it was bad from him. I'm just saying, you know, no, the most and inoffensive they, stuff. And they take all of this emotional footage, you know, that they, they put behind it. So you've got this audio and this emotional footage and, and you're captivated, right? You're looking at it, you're like, oh, yeah. And but then they, uh, at the end. <laughs> well, they fucking, so it's, it's, so it's a Dodge commercial, but they put his fucking, this voiceover over like pictures of like soldiers marching and like just commercialism and like the, you know, here's a Dodge truck fucking spinning in his fucking grave like this is so disgusting martin luther king was a radical fucking democratic socialist who was a conscientious objector fucking hated the war in vietnam hated materialism hated material in that same exact speech he talked about how they're trying how the advertisers try to sell you all this is the this is the chapstick you want to buy or this is the (laughs) car you want to literally the exact same speech so they had to have heard that when they clipped out the audio for he talked about the fucking dangers of commercialism and materialism and, and, and they, it's just disgusting. Like, I can't believe they used it. So they rightly got savage for this stupid fucking ad. Um, it just never ceases to amaze me how completely tone deaf ad executives are. Like after all how of this do you time not realize that? and discussions on, you know, with diversity and, you know, women's voices and people of color and all of that. And, you know, trying to hire more, even if you're in a room entirely filled with white, old white guys, don't you at least focus group it, like send it out to some people and say, hey, what do y'all think of this? How did how did this how the fuck did this slip through? Actually, the New Yorker had a piece uh, that was pretty funny talking about it. Uh, that's worth reading. But just uh, imagining what it was like in the, in the room with the ad executives talking about it. I really want to know how that got through without anyone in the process saying, uh, "Guys, this is like a really fucking this is going to be a disaster." Like, that what whole are we team doing? should be fired. Whoever their agency is should be fired. All of them. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Um, Wow. Um, apparently, uh, Bernice, Bernice King, who's uh, MLK's daughter, said like she didn't authorize it and she doesn't know of any members of the family that authorized uh, his voice, which probably they took from a public domain speech because, you know, a lot of political speeches are public domain. So I'm sure they didn't even ask for permission. They just fucking put it in there. Totally stripped it of all meaning and used it to sell fucking Dodge Ram. It's like, what? Yeah. How they thought that that would end up well for them is beyond me, but... um, It's going to get more and more pathetic as they try to connect with millennials and, you know, try to look, appear more socially conscious. 
it, it will probably get to the point where they're even airing the parts of those messages that are anti-materialism and still selling <laughs> fucking Dodge. Like, that's the mindfuck they're going to do coming yeah. soon. <laughs> and some idiots on the Democratic side will be like, oh, my God, look at how socially conscious Dodge is. <laughs> and I'll, you know, take a blowtorch to my fucking skull because I just can't take it anymore. Um, so speaking of... Uh, People trying to sell you a load of fucking garbage. Uh, we had the United States of Care. Uh, Wait, can we talk situation. about Elon Musk for a second before we get into that? Oh, sure, sure, sure. So this this bugged me this week. You know, the, the Elon Musk thing, you know, he's he's a hero for a lot of people, right? He's a visionary and all of that. But, but this is my question. Dude's a billionaire. Out of all of the things that you can do with your money, you're going to spend, I don't even know how much was it, like, Millions. I don't even know what the amount was to send so, your fucking car to space. Isn't that s- space like? So uh, trash? I'll play both. I'll play both sides on this because I know Jeremy is screaming through the podcast right now. <laughs> and um, I like Elon Musk. I, I told I, you guys I, my I, secret I, theory. I think I think the aliens are whispering to that dude. He's got I, the secrets. <laughs> I generally do too. So I'll I'll, I'll uh, two caveats. So number one. He didn't just do it to send his car up. They're trying to test out uh, this rocket because they want to use it for the manned mission to Mars. So they had to put in a payload of a certain weight, um, and he figured it would be a good kind of, you know, funny thing and also a great ad for his car, you know, (laughs) no no question, to put uh, this car in space and, you know, put a a dummy driver in it. who didn't look like a dummy, by the way. I could have sworn he fucking moved while I was watching that video. <laughs> I Freak think me a lot out. of us saw that. <laughs> uh, it was an amazing, amazing visual, though, to it watch really that. Was. It, it was. It was really moving to watch, uh, like, just see space like that. I've always been, you know, I actually saw footage of, of Elon Musk talking about it, and he was teary. He was upset that some of his heroes apparently, you know, are not in favor of what he's doing in the commercial sector, you know, with this. And and he was, I guess, expecting that they would be supportive. And, and he was kind of teary, like, I wish they would come over here and see what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> really trying to do a good thing. I was like, whoa. Nobody wants to play with me, guys. Yeah, God. pretty much. Um, yeah, no, and look, I think ultimately what he does for the world is a net positive. Um, I, you know, and there's been some shady stuff about how he's very anti-union yeah. and he kind of tries to stifle that um so you know but i think ultimately because he you know because he's obviously a you know a vulture capitalist but he is trying to move us towards good technologies which is you know a lot more than i can say for anyone in the oil industry so i'm glad for that that he's trying to if it unfortunately in this fucked up world where money is everything like in in this country uh, it might take a a you know, a vulture capitalist who happens to have be on the side of good things when it comes to the environment and to cars and to, you know, high speed rail and things and infrastructure and things like that to get it done. Now, ideally, we're going to get a bunch of people into Congress and into the White House who actually want to support those things and publicly finance them. So we're not beholden to any private organization or individual. But it's good that somebody on that side is at least trying to do that as well. 
you know, in conjunction with. I just, I didn't hear anybody talking about this from an ecological perspective. And, you know, there's, there's always this concept of when you take something from our planet and you put it on Mars or whatever, you're taking, you know, potentially germs from our planet, organisms from our planet and, and, you know, possibly infecting these other environments. And so we're sending we're littering in space. I mean, I know there's a lot of shit out there. There's junk out there already, but like we've already littered on Mars with all our ro- our rovers, though. I mean, ultimately, yeah, yeah. It, it's like I think the cat's out of the bag on that one. Yeah, I I think I mean because as of now, as far as we know, there's no sent uh, no living uh, organisms on Mars. Although you know, who knows once we drill down. Into hey, the haven't ice. you seen those pictures? You get up close and that one rock, it's like, oh my god, that's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I fucking I'm into aliens way more than people would be comfortable with if we, if we ever got into it. Do on you watch podcast, ancient aliens? I watch ancient aliens. <laughs> not not seriously. I've I've watched it before. But no, I've always been I mean, I think it it started with, you know, close encounters when I was a kid. Like yeah. when you see a movie like that, just you know, even though it was a movie, it's just so visually arresting, it kind of it, it it awakened that kind of curiosity in me, and I, I think I've always maintained that. So um, I love all the space shit. Um, so you'll never get me to say, like, oh, I don't think this is <laughs> – like, I don't care if it's a fucking huge waste of money to do X, Y, and Z. I think – Do you think aliens are here already? No. I, well, I mean, you know, obviously they're, they're lizard people living among us, but other than <laughs> that, I don't think that um... – <laughs> Just the ones that were always here. <laughs> Just, just, just the ones that are, you know, putting the stuff in the water that turns the frogs gay down in Florida. <laughs> but uh, other than those, Damn gay frogs. <laughs> <laughs> wish I had that sound clip on my soundboard. I'm gonna add that. Added it. Um. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, don't... I think it's a net positive to like t- to be doing this kind of space exploration. And you know, the other thing that a lot of people don't talk about is that a lot of shit that we have now. Um, in our everyday lives came from NASA trying to figure out creative solutions for getting people uh, up into space and keeping them alive while they're up there. My memory foam bed. Thank you very much, NASA. Yeah, memory foam, <laughs> I think uh, saran wrap, uh, like uh, or, no, aluminum foil. There's like a million different fucking things. Duct tape, I think. I don't, there's so many like random everyday inventions that we rely on uh, that were created just to figure out how to get somebody into space and how to keep them alive once they were up there. So I think space innovation and space, you know, having a space program where you're actually striving to achieve a goal, like putting a manned uh, mission on Mars is super important. Uh, You know, whether it seems frivolous or not, I don't really think it is. Uh, and we're fucking this planet up enough that we're going to need somewhere to go. Eventually. Well, that's what I think the real the real push is, is like, OK, out of all the people he knows just how bad things are here and that we better plan B. <laughs> better oh, he there. definitely has a moon colony already. Like yeah. he's got, you know, him and Newt Gingrich got together from that moon <laughs> colony idea that Newt, that Newt was working on. <sighs> um, yeah, okay. so that was interesting, but. So, United States of care. Um, <laughs> United States of don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That should, that should be their name. Um, so, this organization uh, sprung up out of the blue, seemingly, uh, over the uh, during the week, uh, called the United States of care. And uh, it was being fronted by Andy Slavitt, who used to run Medicaid and Medicare under Obama. He was uh, an Obama policy guy for uh, health care. Which already tells you it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, people like John uh, Favreau, who you know the the charming uh, host of of Pod Save of America, Pod Save America. Uh, just got a show HBO yeah. show now. Yeah, they just got their own HBO show. Yippee! Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they. Uh, he was also a former Obama speechwriter, I believe. Like yeah. he, all the guys on Pod Save America work for Obama, and uh, they love to pretend they're progressive. And you know, uh, they, they they're funny guys. They're like a funny, you know. The one guy uh, wrote for the newsroom, I guess, which was good. Good show. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, they all got on board, and they were the face of the organization, which was which was interesting because uh, it made it seem like it. This was the. Uh, private public solution to moving us towards healthcare for all is 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 kind of the way they tried to sell it. Um, so you know their their first initial tweet was, uh, "We are committed to solutions that progress uh, towards three simple principles. If you agree with them, join us at UnitedStatesOfCare.org and help put healthcare over hashtag healthcare over politics." Um, which is kind of hilarious because healthcare is completely fucking politics. But you know, <laughs> this is the usual flowery bullshit. So no, they didn't say people over profits. <laughs> <yeah>. <clears throat> so there are three uh, simple principles. Uh, every American should have an affordable, affordable, regular source of healthcare for themselves and their families. Um, that sounds an awful lot like the Affordable Care Act. Uh, all Americans should be protected from financial devastation due to illness or injury. Should not, not you know. Should, yeah. <laughs> um, they should. I mean, yeah, I agree. They should. You know, <laughs> we, we 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 probably should stop bombing in the Middle East. I'm not going to do anything <laughs> about it, but we should. <laughs> um, policy and uh, number three policies to achieve these aims must be economically responsible mm. and win political support. Needed to ensure long-term stability. Um, In other words, centrist. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to get into who's on this, uh, who's involved in this organization, but I just want to address that last point. Medicare for All is fucking insanely popular. It polls as high as 60%. It polls, uh, you know, with a a plurality of Republican voters. Everyone in the – and and that's with the – both sides – smear campaign that's going on against universal health care, socialized medicine, yada, yada. Medicare, the program as it currently exists, pulls at 80% popularity. The fuck, how much more fucking popular and uh, political, politically supported do you need a position to be? Or, 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 you know, a solution to be before you fucking get behind it. And, you know, it's like, they know that though, of course, but well, this whole... I'm so sick of these gifts to the insurance companies, all these different things that they're trying to do. Like, so my significant other actually works for a healthcare company and he has probably some of the best coverage out there, but still some of the the deductibles that you need to meet, like $2,500 until you even get things covered. You might as well not have healthcare. Exactly. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's just, it's not even worth it. And so, you know, the same thing is what happened with the Affordable Care Act. A lot of people were like, it's cheaper for me to pay the penalty. Fuck it. Um, you know, than, than to do it. We we need to get to something better that, that gets the profit motive out of this, that, you know, single payer, we need to do it. So, um, I'm just trying to gather my thoughts on this. So, of course, they know that Medicare for All is the thing that they obviously should be behind. And uh, it's, you know, wildly popular. It would be even more popular if they weren't constantly trying to smear it. 
Um, and this but, is a direct effort. This is this is exactly happening because of the growing popularity of Medicare for all. They're going, oh shit, we got to do something to make it look like we're trying to fix this. Not really fix it, but you know, make it look like we are. Um, so, you know, I want to talk a little bit about who's involved uh, with this organization because that'll give you a little bit of a glimpse into uh, what's going on there. So initially, when this first came out, John Favreau, uh, darling. Uh, of the center left was tweeting out about how he's proud to be involved in this and how Andy Slavitt's great and he, and he, how he's a Medicare for all supporter. Um, and then people were like, well, why don't you just say you support Medicare for all with the organization? <laughs> so his answer was, well, not everyone with the group supports Medicare for all. Um, and people were like, well, then why'd you join the organization? He's like, well, so this is a working towards a policy goal. And, you know, we have to, we can't just yell at everybody that doesn't agree with it. I was like, well, no, but you don't have to fucking join an organization with a bunch of people who are diametrically opposed to the thing that you claim or you purport to, you know, be in favor of. Yeah, if you so have a choice were, of different organizations, why not join up with the one that supports the thing you support? <laughs> so people were tweeting him like videos of people that like had to choose over, you know, uh, healthcare over food and things like that. And he's like, "Don't you dare do that! I supported Medicare for all, and yada yada. How dare you, sir? And all that sort of bullshit, you know, uh, fucking pearl, pearl yeah. clutching, you know. Yeah. Uh, he, he tweeted out in response to he because he got fucking hammered on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm a, which he fucking deserves. Uh, I'm a Medicare for all advocate. I also want to make sure there's a path to get there, which which involves building a movement and persuading people who don't currently agree, um, which the uh, IPM translation service translated into. I'm a Medicare for all advocate, which is why I'm teaming up with for-profit health insurance executives and Bush appointees to decide what reforms are possible. <laughs> Tra- translated from overripe Zach Morris, <laughs> which is just fucking top notch as usual from IPM tweets. Um, so, yeah, um, one of my uh, mutual uh, follows on Twitter uh uh, Gallifrey and Jedi. He he's one of my favorite accounts, by the way. Yeah, he's he's, so he's great. So he broke down uh, what's actually happening here. <laughs> I just want to read you some of his tweets and some of the stuff he dug up from United States of Care's uh, website. Uh, so he tweeted out, "Oh look, it's a new nonprofit dedicated to healthcare. How exciting that people are organizing behind single payer. Oh, touches your piece. Oh, what? Oh, it's actually bullshit." <laughs> So uh, right out of the fucking gate, this bipartisan org has a classic bipartisan mission. Stop single-payer health care from happening. <laughs> so their mission statement on their website, the organization is trying to prepare for an, an eventual opening for bipartisan policymaking, which heading off increase. Oh, oh wait. Uh, the organization is trying to prepare for an eventual opening for bipartisan policymaking while heading off increasingly volatile swings in health policy. <laughs> When political fortunes shift in Washington. What could they possibly be referring to there? I, 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 I'm sure they're just talking about when Republicans have volatile policy. They're I'm not sure. talking about any kind of volatile policy like, you know, ensuring American, every American citizen. <laughs> um, already, potential uh, Democratic contenders for the 2020 presidential election are signing on to Senator Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill, mm-hmm. which has more than a dozen co-sponsors in the Senate. Um, and that's where that statement ends. So clearly that they were using that as an example of volatile policy shift. 
So they're literally saying we are opposed to this volatile policy shift of actually insuring every man, woman, and child in America. <laughs> so fucking, you know, as IPM said, overripe Zach Morris, the fuck are you talking about? Like, they, they're not fighting for Medicare for all. Like, what So you... how much is John Favreau getting for this little initiative? Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure he's to... doing it out of the kindness of, of yeah. his of his liberal heart to to. to <laughs> Join up with this organization. Um, so uh, he continues, fellow peasants, anytime you see someone use the words affordable and access in reference mm-hmm. to healthcare policy, you can be assured they aren't talking about you, which is actually a very good rule of thumb. That's the number one um, thing I look for when, I, when I'm looking at candidates on the, on the Dem side, in particular, even independent, and I'm trying to figure out, are they a centrist or are they progressive? Those are the, <laughs> that's the whistle. Those are the words I look for. Affordable. <laughs> access. <laughs> Um, so uh, also on their website, uh, United States of care is a new movement to ensure that every single American has access to quality, affordable health care, regardless of health status, social need or income. I have access to a fucking three million dollar yacht if I have the money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is access. Such, such bullshit. I can't believe they still think they can get away with these fucking buzzwords. Because they can. Because they can. Because the majority of Americans, unfortunately, are still not awake. So uh, the, <laughs> the, great, the greatest strength uh, of the neoliberal is the ability – this is really funny and very true. The greatest strength of the, neo, uh, the neoliberal is the ability to speak or write hundreds, even thousands of words without saying a single goddamn thing. <laughs> um, That's a superpower. <laughs> and, they, and they had this – he has this whole uh, section here. The excerpt here, uh, our mission, the mission of the United States of care is to ensure that every single American has access to quality, affordable health care, regardless of health status, social need or income, a new nonpartisan nonprofit. We are building and mobilizing a movement to achieve long lasting solutions that make health care better for everybody. United States of care will help to make uh, make it happen by working with Americans from across the political spe- It's just fucking nothing. They don't say anything like they, it, it's true. They really don't say anything. Um, so he goes on, well, it looks pretty bad so far, but let's take a look at who, uh, who's behind the wheel of this astroturfing experiment. And there's some health insurance executives. So we have, say, yeah, who would, who would fund such a, a, a nothing burger of a, of a nonprofit <laughs> that, that really is for nothing. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, this is, th- these are the board members, uh, Bernard Tyson, chairman and CEO of Kaiser Permanente, an insurance company. Fucking A. Patrick Conway, MD, former former deputy administrator, uh, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, president and CEO of Blue Cross Cross North Carolina. Um, So then he goes on. uh, To be fair, they balanced this with uh, checks notes. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Really? Uh, So we have uh, Bill Frist. Bill fucking Frist. Former United States Senate Majority Leader, Republican from Tennessee. Why not? Fucking hell. And Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. (laughs) Mark fucking Cuban. Future presidential candidate. Future future Democratic presidential candidate who (laughs) is super into Ayn Rand. Mark Cuban. (laughs) You know, I just posted a quote from her. Fucking hell. Seriously? (laughs) Which which quote? You'll find it on my Facebook. (laughs) No, I'm not going to play your fucking game. I'm not going to go look at the... (laughs) Ugh, it's Christ. good stuff. 
good stuff. I, no, like, it's she's fucking trash. Oh, she's such a she. It's just dime store psychosis. She's so. Uh, I'm so, I, I have a very big disdain for. for, for <laughs> I don't Pine agree Man. with her prescriptions, but but I do agree with many of her observations. That's all I'll say. That you know the work your work is is the purpose of your life, and um, you know the idea of of pushing towards that with everything that you have, and that anyone else that shares your journey has to be someone moving on their own fuel in the same direction. You know, no scrubs kind of thing. <laughs> she basically wrote no scrubs, <laughs> just in different language. Which is why I think people should fend for themselves and, you know, fuck poor people. And See, that's what I'm saying. Know. I don't necessarily agree with the conclusions, but. You know, my policy on subscribing to any, any or reposting anything from anybody who I disagree <laughs> with because you're, you're fueling their fucking, they're bullshit. Even if, you know, even if what they happen to say at one point, you know, all the people like reposting Bill Crystal fucking tweets, like, really? Like, really? Enjoy we're going to do this? And, yeah. yeah I, oh. I don't care if I like what they say, if I like the I know. You're, you're entitled to. I just, I think it's a fucking zero sum game. I think <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Well, um, it's like this, you know, you enter Twitter and it's this other world, right? Or, or Facebook, but, but mostly Twitter. It's this other world. And, and it takes you a while to know the ecosystem and to know sort of the history behind these people. So at first, you know, I, I was back on after four years and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I agree with this person. I agree with this person, not necessarily knowing, like with Joy Reid or, or others, that they had been really critical of Bernie and hypocritical and other things. You, you don't necessarily know the history if you haven't stayed on there for a while. It takes time to do that. Now that I know, you know, I, I retweet less. <laughs> Maybe not never, but... God. Um, so he goes on, uh, throw, throws notes and earpiece into a river. What a great idea, guys. This is going to be awesome for healthcare. And it's further list. Abner Mason, CEO, Conjun Sano. Uh, I, I don't know what that is. I'm sure it's an insurance company. Um, <laughs> member of President George W. Bush's Advisory Council on HIV AIDS. <laughs> Uh, and Gail Walensky, former administrator of the Healthcare Finance Administration under President George W. Bush. <clears throat> then he ends, uh, I'll leave you with the definition of a bipartisan solution. A Republican plan put forward by a Democrat. <laughs> United States of care, because 28 million was the correct number of uninsured. <laughs> Don't give them your trust or money. <clears throat> and then there's a quote here from Drew Altman, uh, president and CEO, Kaiser Family Foundation. Partisanship is public enemy number one in healthcare today. This is why broad-based effort to find bipartisan solutions is so important. He says as he fucking does a line of coke off of a thousand dollar bill. You know, like, I just, I, I, you know... <laughs> So, you know, basically, go fuck yourself, John Favreau. We know you're not really progressive. We know you're just fucking pretending that you care about people. Uh, or maybe he's, maybe he's deluded himself. I don't know. I mean, he, you know, I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he, if he stays with it. I mean, when we hold these people's feet to the fire, you know, I do think it, it sometimes anyway makes them pause and go, oh, well, you know, what would this look like in the future? What would this look like from the outside? Um, at the end of the day, of course, they make financial calculations that, you know, none of us know about <laughs> large sums of money change hands and we know what happens. But, you know, maybe it'll make them so, think. 
But you know, this is good news because this means that they're fucking terrified. Yes. Um, they're so fucking terrified of, of you know, 95-year-old fucking socialist well, with, with crazy white hair who's going to bring everyone health care. And what's been amazing is things that, that you would – that were so far – you know, left field that you, you would think you couldn't even talk about or being talked about now. Things like universal basic income, things like student loan forgiveness. I've seen a bunch of things about that this week, which, you know, most people would be like, uh, you know, that's never, ever going to happen. Like it's being which, actually discussed right now. Yeah. Healthcare for everyone in the country, which I, I can't stress enough is a fucking centrist idea everywhere else in the country, only in America or everywhere else in the world, right, rather yeah. everywhere else is it, it, it uh, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, why would we even talk about that? But only in fucking America is it considered a far left radical idea because both parties have fucking sold us out to corporations. And <laughs> until yeah. we get rid of that shit, until we get rid of them, it's never going to change. There so, was a speech of Bernie talking to some young people, maybe in oh, high school or something. Yeah, a long time ago. And it's like, you know, everybody in the room, you know, healthcare is a right. And everybody in the room agrees. It's like if you if you ask kids, you know, do people have a right to health care? Kids usually have a decent moral compass. They're going to be like, yeah, it's only that these ideas are socialized out of us later that we're taught that we shouldn't be allowed to have these things, that they're, that they're not within our reach, that they're undoable, that they're too expensive. And, you know, I don't even think you need to talk MMT, although the, there's MMT people out there that are probably screaming. I don't even think you need to talk MMT to talk about our ability to afford these things because they make fiscal sense. You know, uh, healthcare. You know, getting the profit out of it. There are tons of ways to save money. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Adam ruins everything. He did one on healthcare and talking about the the scams that go on in terms of how they charge. Um, you know, insurance companies versus patients and how they mark everything up. So you end up paying fifty dollars for a band aid. You know, yeah. there's just so much that that can be fixed there. Um, you know, and student loan forgiveness. You you take all of that money that you know. People are tied up in debt right now. They can't buy cars. They can't buy homes. They can't go out to eat. They can't do all of these things. You take that money, you free it up. You've got you know a generation that can prosper, that can invest in small businesses. There's just so many good things that can happen from it. So it, well, it's Lizana, exciting. <laughs> they have the money. They're just spending it all on avocado toast and Tide Pods. <laughs> Didn't, I, 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 I don't know why you're saying these things. I mean, they have the money. Millennials, we all have money. Yeah. We're just wasting it on frivolous things like avocado toast and coffee. <laughs> That's why we can't afford five hundred thousand dollar houses because we're spending five fifty, you know, a day on coffee. <laughs> That's what I'm being told, apparently, by fucking geniuses who who uh, talk on cable news shows. Yeah, the, <sighs> the, the generational shaming that happens with millennials, you know, boomers to, to Gen X to millennials, it's insane. I saw a great. Uh, post on twitter it was like a, it was like a political cartoon and it was like one one uh person was a millennial and one person was a boomer and it was like millennials to boomer you ruin the economy and then boomer to millennial you ruin the economy and then there's like a fat cat like you know wall street guy smiling and then the panel under that says they, they both in unison say wait a minute capitalism ruined the economy <laughs> and then that guy's face changes to like a look of horror <laughs> so I genuinely do. I, I think people are really starting to realize that. And I've had like, really interesting conversations with people um, who I would consider to be on the right end of the spectrum. Like, you know, I work with this guy who is your typical old school New York Italian, you know, but he lost 
houses in the fucking housing crash because he invested his money in houses and he fucking couldn't afford, you know, with all the subprime mortgage shit that went on. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him about these class issues and these economic issues and he agrees with me. He's like, yeah, you know, Washington is correct. It proves that people understand what the fuck is going on. Like the voters are not stupid. The media still treats voters like they're stupid, but voters are not stupid anymore. Yeah. And their fucking reckoning is coming. And like if they if they're gonna still stand in the way, they're gonna just get steamrolled. So uh get the fuck out of the way is basically the moral of the moral of the story. I will tell you that some of the young people that I see online, you know, millennials and the generation after them, Gen Z, are are so far left. I mean, way like like commie left, some of them. There is such a huge swing coming and production. The, the gerrymandering and all of that isn't going to fucking matter because of the wave that's coming. Once that generation actually, those two generations really decide to engage and get involved, they are so far left of, of anything we see right now. Yeah, no, the future is looking bright and millennials are going to be the biggest voting block in the 2020 elections. So get out and vote, um, you damn avocado toast lovers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess we should. Oh, you know, <laughs> before we get out of here, we really should talk about Quincy Jones because that and yeah, fuck. there's a couple of salt ground up things, too. Yeah. Oh, are there? Yeah. OK, hang on. Grab by the person. Grab by the person. So before we get into the actual other assaults, I just have to say that I felt very assaulted after I read the Quincy Jones article. (laughs) (laughs) My my mind, the images that were in my mind, it was was an assault of my brain. Quincy Jones has no fucks left to give. What is he, 85 now? And he is just spilling all the secrets about Hollywood, about Marlon Brando and different people that he had sex with. I've never heard such, oh my God, what a fucking nuts interview. (laughs) He fucking, he just casually, like the third or fourth most important thing from that was he was like, oh yeah, I don't kill JFK. It was, uh, you know, Vito Boombots down the block, like. (laughs) I, I forget the guy's name, but like he just fucking named him. He's like, oh yeah, no, he, you know, he got fucking, he got he, like JFK. He had some fucking issues with the mob, and like they sent the mob to kill him. And this is the guy who did it. Like, what the fuck, man? There was there was one point where he, a couple of points where he insinuated, yeah, that he knows things he shouldn't know, and wasn't one of them about the Clintons too. He did, yeah. He's yeah. like, he, he, and they're like, hey, you're friends with the Clintons. Like, why do you think people <laughs> don't like? Because of course, every fucking person who has a job at any kind of magazine uh worships the fucking altar of of hillary clinton's you know so they can pretend they're feminists um and he he was like well why do you think people dislike her so much you know um which should be a fucking obvious answer to anyone with a brain stem but quincy was just like i don't know man you know it's just like when you when you when you carry secrets like they carry just people i think get a sense of that and then he's like man we shouldn't talk about this (laughs) he's like what's your sign You know what's really ironic? He felt more comfortable saying who killed JFK than he did about revealing a secret of the Clintons, which tells you all you fucking need to know about the Clintons right there. Because he hung out with them for, for, you know, a decade. He was in close with them. He knows shit. There's probably a fucking red dot, like, tracing its way up his stomach as he was talking about the Clintons. He's like, all right, I get the message. I get the message. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, he talked about Michael Jackson stealing songs, and he talked about the Beatles being shitty players, and it was like, holy shit. He called them no-playing motherfuckers, <laughs> which is the funniest thing. Like, this is the greatest fucking band of all time. They're no-playing motherfuckers. <laughs> And then the guy was like, "What? What's? What? What's? What do you think is the most important uh, piece of music you wrote?" And he's like, "All of it." <laughs> it was beautiful. It was great. He just said that that was just an absolute like no fucks left to give. Hilarious interview. But who were the people that he said Marlon Brando had sex with? It was he said Marlon Brando had sex with Richard Pryor. That um, was one of them. Yeah, and there was another one that apparently. Remember. Apparently, Marlon Brando was was well known to be bisexual, which I didn't know. Yeah, um, I didn't know that either. That's interesting. But but it was more than that. It was basically saying he, he would fuck anything. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, that, like... that's yeah. <laughs> and apparently, Richard Pryor did some stand up about how he was bisexual, which I also never had heard. So that was an interesting. Yeah, that had thing, to have been suppressed like, back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that. that's why it was. It's interesting, like that that stuff, you know, kind of manages to get. I mean, but, like, even the Cosby stuff, like, not that that's, yeah, it's a totally different thing, but, like, that stuff apparently people knew about for years. It's yeah. just, it's amazing in the internet age what kind of gets buried until somebody has the idea to go dig it up and be like, hey, look, uh, people have known about X, Y, or Z forever. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. But that was, uh, yeah, any, anyone <laughs> should, listening should read that because that is the most funny fucking interview I've ever heard. So that was an assault to my brain. But then there was another one. Um, that came out there were there were two state level ones one that's kind of a big deal i guess in california this assemblywoman christina garcia um she's now taken a voluntary unpaid leave of absence um you know she was part of the uh, legislative women's caucus and you know was vocal in the me too movement and and all of that stuff uh you know spokeswoman and so now um She's saying she she didn't do anything, but I guess there were allegations of her groping, grabbing somebody's butt. I, I don't know all of it. They're investigating, but but that one I guess is shaking some things up in Washington or sorry in um, California um, in terms of their assembly. And then there was one other one, um, somebody that I didn't even hadn't even heard of before, another state level person. But I, there continues to be fallout. Um, there's Dalen Leach is one in Pennsylvania. Um, and I can't even think of who the other one is. People keep, uh, yeah, and a lot of people keep resigning, and a lot of people, uh, congressmen, are saying that they're not going to seek re-election. It, it's yeah. just very, the shit's hitting the fan, and it still seems like it's going to hit the fan all at once, you know, eventually. But um, it's interesting, because you always talked about how eventually it's going to come out that one of these women was doing it, so it was interesting to see that happen. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for that, because, uh, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> women aren't perfect on that either. And and I've actually spoken with people that have told me flat out about certain very famous women that have, in fact, groped them, males that have been groped by these people. So there are definitely some uh, women in power um, in Congress that have been there for a while that are themselves guilty of these things. So there is more to come out on that without, without doubt. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so... Uh, you know, if you like what you hear from us, uh, go check us out, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and all that. Um, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash move left. Um, we do a politically themed movie review podcast over there. Um, so we've done JFK, they live, um, we did bright for Netflix. We're going to do another one. I think next week we're going to be covering, uh, a documentary, probably, uh, an ecological documentary. So 
Um, you know, I, it's uh, it's three bucks a month, so it's pretty cheap, uh, and you get access to those podcasts. We do about two a month. Uh, and if we get enough Patreon subscribers, maybe we'll do one a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so check us out over there. And Patreon. it does cost money to do this left. stuff, whether it's, you know, the equipment or the hosting, <clears throat> all of that stuff does cost money. So every little bit that you guys can throw in is appreciated. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I pay to do this podcast, essentially. We, yeah. I pay just to host it and we don't make any money off it. So it's, it's a labor of love, but, um, as we grow our audience, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to move into stuff like that. So, you know, check us out if you want to. Support the show if you like what you hear. Move left, sponsored by Tide Pods. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're not taking. We won't take any fucking corporate sponsorship. <laughs> or if we do, I'll put a provision in there that I'm going to say, you know, you can go fuck yourselves, like to every sponsor that um, sponsors us. But um, so yeah, that's Patreon.com/slash/MoveLeft, uh, SoundCloud.com/slash/MoveLeft. I'm at a Montrulo on Twitter. Uh, Polybent, P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T on Twitter. And come check us out next week on Move Left Idiots. insanity in the control room tonight.